can't never stop working hard. Each day I feel I have to improve. Hard work, determination. I've got to keep pushing myself. Welcome to hi the only podcast that says your Halloween's not popping till the vampires are hopping. hi <laughs> <laughs> Episode number 19, recorded uh, October 7th. 7th it is. Yeah, starts luck. now. Uh, today, we've got in the room Craig Keesling, your usual co-host. hi folks. We got Scott Cathy. hi Uncle Scotty, as we call him. <laughs> <laughs> and we've got the magnificent Bruce Ryder. hi Hiya, folks. And uh, we're going to talk to him here in just a few minutes about uh, his adventures on the road as a martial artist, because he's a big-time sound man, and he also tracks down people just about everywhere he goes to swap paint and uh, learn martial arts with. So he should have a bunch of interesting stories for us. Um, Anybody else got any business to clear up before we get this thing kicked off? Scotto, you want to tell him about your business? Mm, My business is my own. (laughs) (laughs) Well, all right. If that's all we've got for now, we're going to go ahead and slip off into the champagne lounge and uh, dip our toes in the champagne fountain for a minute, and we'll be right back. There you go. (laughs) We'll be be right back to talk uh, martial arts with Bruce Ryder. Okay, folks, we're back from the champagne lounge full of champagne, pizza, and vitriol. So here we go. And not to mention the hopping damn vampires that come out the shadows. <laughs> it is Halloween time. It is, it is. I don't know how much of you guys are familiar with this, but uh, yeah, it, it, Dave just kind of threw that at us. Uh, the Jiangxi is an actual uh, kind of a Chinese monster. And you'll see this in like a lot of 80s, 90s uh, movies, old kung fu movies, or just comedies and stuff where. You get these vampires who have been brought back uh, from the dead, kind of like a zombie plus a vampire mixed, I don't know. And they literally hop from, you know, (laughs) they don't walk. They just keep bouncing and bouncing and bouncing. And uh, like the traditional stories, like old Taoist dudes used to bring them to the grave sites and all this junk. But you see them in the movies, can't breathe or they'll find you, you know. Yeah. They, Pretty they, creepy. They yeah. make for fantastic slapstick, too, because they're virtually indestructible, and they just hop around. You can knock them down, and they <laughs> flip right back up onto their feet, you know. Yeah. Whack a vamp. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. 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 All right, today uh, we're doing a... We're going back to a hometown hero segment. <laughs> hero. We got, our, got our buddy Bruce Ryder in here. Hey. <clears throat> Excuse me. Hey, man. Bruce. Thanks for having me. It's great to have you here. You're you're gone so much of the time. Indeed. I I spend about six to eight months a year traveling the world. 
Yeah. Well, go ahead and let's. Uh, we're going to get into the martial arts in just a second, but go ahead and tell everybody what your day job is, Bruce. Well, tell them who Bruce is first. They don't even know, you know. Well, they're about to find out in his own words, Craig. Oh, good deal. <laughs> well, how's it going? My name's Bruce. <laughs> hey, Bruce. They call me Bruce. They call him Bruce. Hiya. Hiya. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I work as a sound engineer. I tour with rock and roll bands and you know travel all, all over the world and. Yeah, that that's helped me get into quite a few martial arts adventures. Yeah, yeah so uh, why, why don't you go ahead and lay out some of the bands you've worked with recently? Uh, right now I'm working with a band called Five Finger Death Punch. They're a heavy metal band, which is mostly what I do. And um, yeah, I've worked for some of the heavier ones like Static X and Slipknot and Megadeth and Slayer, for example. <laughs> nice. Yeah, you did a fairly names. fairly recent jag with uh, Danzig. I did. I I spent twenty eight days on tour with Danzig, and you get a special badge or something as a sound man if you pull that off, don't you? <laughs> I, I have the badge. To work yes, with. he's a nice guy. He practices martial arts also. What does he do? He does Wing Chun and um, some kind of MMA. I'm not entirely sure, but I think he does Wing Chun. And, uh, you know, he's, he doesn't practice very much anymore, but um, apparently he spent a lot of years training and, you know, just as a normal student or whatever. So, I don't know. Very cool. I never saw him practice, so, yeah. Well, I'm glad him and his meatheads didn't catch us the time we backed into his uh, road bus repeatedly. What? Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't there for that. That's a funny story. Yeah, yeah, that's a long long time ago. I think the statute of limitations is run on that bad boy. (laughs) Indeed. I think he vaguely remembered that, though. I I asked him about that when we were on the road. Oh, yeah? Yeah. (laughs) Well, it's a good thing I look different now. (laughs) Yeah. It's like if you see this Dave Jones guy. Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, all right, so that's what you do. So you're out and gone all over the world uh, six to eight months out of the year. And uh, I ran across you on the the, uh, the old Empty Flower, now Rum Soaked Fist website. Um, yeah. uh, uh, that's where I first uh, saw you, I think. And uh, you were always telling colorful stories about the people you train with out there. I noticed you were training with a bunch of people on those boards and really making the rounds. So uh, <clears throat> why don't you uh, – well, before we get into that, though, before we get into that, mm-hmm. why don't you <laughs> – Where's Jay Scott on? He's trying to keep his dog from clicking around on the floor. <laughs> we got dogs clicking. Yeah. Clicking and clacking. I'm telling you. It's all right. We'll cut that out, right? We'll yeah. cut that out in post. Yeah, post-production. Um, this is live, I thought. Yeah, yeah. It's going For right us out. it is. It's streaming over the inner tubes. That's right. Um, I think we got a caller in line, too. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mom? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're getting the dog to calm down. Yep. Uh, so before we uh, get into all the people you've seen and trained with, tell us a little bit about your own martial arts background. What got you interested in doing that in the first place? You know, probably the the same story as many Americans have. They saw Kung Fu Theater when they there were 12 mm-hmm. years old and thought it was cool. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, I, you know, I got lucky and, and um, had opportunity to, See on, I think it was on Lollapalooza in 1996. I was on tour with a band called Rancid, wow. and the the act that went on right before us was the Shaolin Monks 
touring troupe. Nice. Right? Cool. And I got to watch those guys um, do their show every day. And sometimes we'd stay at the same hotel on a day off. And they would they had a bus that had all 24 monks on one bus. Normally, there's only like 8 to 12 people on a bus. They're just crammed in there. <laughs> They're probably and used to that. I think so. And there, there was, I think, only one or two actual monks on the tour. Most of them were just athletes that were trained at the uh, Wushu mm-hmm. Center or whatever you call it. I don't know. Right. Yeah. And, uh, but one of the older gentlemen whose name I couldn't even begin to pronounce was an amazing martial artist. And I saw him practicing some forms in the woods next to a park one day and was like, wow, this is <laughs> awesome. And that was the first time I had really seen kung fu you know, in real life or right. whatever you know not and not usage not it not like uh somebody defending themselves with it but just the the grace beautiful the yeah. movements you know and, and i was like i have to learn this you know and through a little bit of research of what kung fu was i determined that tai chi chuan was the kung fu that i wanted to learn well it is the grand ultimate after all. <laughs> it is grand ultimate grand ultimate fist yes <laughs> And um, I searched around what was available to me in Atlanta. And, you know, I, I knew that I wanted to practice the martial art of Tai Chi Chuan. Yeah, so I found, a, I found a way to practice it here in Atlanta. And, and that was at a school called the Chinese Shaolin Center. They were the only school at the time where people that practiced Tai Chi Chuan were doing any type of sparring or applications work and all of the other schools that I'd visited um, were not at least in front of me teaching or yeah. doing that type of right. practice. That says a lot too. Cause you know, I, I think everybody here knows that uh, Shaolin Do catches a lot of flack, but that says something right there when you walk into their Tai Chi class and they're working on applications and perhaps a little, uh, you know, pushing up the energy up a notch that says something immediately. That's pretty good. It, it was a, definitely a long learning curve because there were a, f- a few fundamental things that were missing from my training in the, you know, even now I'm sure, but, you know, especially in the beginning. Right. And, you know, it, this, is, this is where the whole traveling thing comes into play. Mm-hmm. In my travels as a sound engineer, I was able to, you know, meet a lot of martial artists and go to various schools or parks where people might be practicing and, and see what people are doing and, and compare it to what I've learned. And one of the things that I learned is that a lot of people are practicing in a very, in, I mean, I don't want to insult anyone, but in an unrealistic way. That's what we do they're, on high <laughs> Yeah, they're, they're, they're not doing a martial art method that I think they could use to defend themselves from some random thug at a heavy metal concert, mm-hmm. for example. They're, I, New agey and health and peace and calm with the universe and whatnot. Yeah, or just over-traditional and and um, having too much faith in what, what their teacher... Fix that, push What they're that, told their that, teacher, push, teacher push could do, yeah. yeah. yeah so so I, I got to see and feel a lot of that firsthand. And that caused even more confusion for me, <laughs> you know, because I, I would, I had met a couple of famous names and been to their schools and, 
had an opportunity to, to have them throw me around or whatever. And, and it was normally a little awkward because I was not feeling any threat of what they were doing, you know? And, and then, you know, the totally opposite of that I would meet some random person, like a, a gentleman named Jung, who I met in Vancouver, Canada. I walked out of our tour bus at about eight o'clock in the morning getting ready for, you know, load in. I'm going to go do Tai Chi in the parking lot. And I see a park across the street. So I'm like, excellent. I'll go to the park and do Tai Chi. And uh, there happened to be all these Chinese people all over the park doing various Kung Fu and, nice. you know, Tai Chi. You do it wrong. Yeah. You do it wrong. Yeah. Everyone pretty much ignored me, though. <laughs> That's cool. It makes me jealous. That reminds me but, of Singapore, too. I love that. They do that in Vancouver. You can find yeah. spots where everybody's doing some stuff. Yeah, there were, I mean, it was everything from old ladies shaking their hands and doing choreographed calisthenics to guys doing Shaolin forms or, right. or what I would call Shaolin. I don't know yeah. if they were Shaolin forms, but... Um, some sort of external style. Yeah. And, you know, but this one guy was doing Tai Chi and I sat and watched him from about 50 yards away, you know, and, and after a while he came over and started talking to me and asked me if I would like to pray, you know, <laughs> you want to pray with me? I, I didn't know. I would, but I'm Baptist. Yeah. Well, I, I thought maybe he saw my beads, for example, and thought I wanted to meditate with him or something. I, you know, or I don't know what he was asking, but I said, yes. I, cause I thought it'd be interesting, whatever it may be. And this little old guy, you know, we did some sticky hands. Well, or, wait, he was just saying play, right? Play. With a, okay, just make yeah. sure we're on the same page here. <laughs> yeah, he asked me <laughs> if I, I wanted to pray. he might be evangelizing you. That was the Baptist joke, Dave. You want to pray yeah. with me? No, I thought that, but okay. No yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm a little slow. <laughs> so he, um, he did some sticky hands or freestyle push hands with me, and and threw me down on the ground several times like I had never been thrown before. <laughs> and, wow. And um, he didn't speak very good English, but he touched me, you know, like on the arm or shoulder and positioned my body in certain ways and tried to tell me, if you do this, you'll have more strength. If you do this, you'll have more speed. If you do this, you'll have more, you know, mm. whatever it may be, the attribute that he's trying to show me. But he... It, it was the first time I had experienced a, um, I guess, effortless power or whatever. Somebody just that was that somebody that I would think I could physically dominate. I I couldn't because <laughs> they had more finesse or more sensitivity or something or more awareness of our positions. You know, and I don't know, it was a great learning experience. And you know, the people like that have really helped me along the way, and that's. That got me really searching, actively searching out martial artists when I travel. That experience. Kung Fu enlightenments. We love that shit, right? Yeah. And, you know, through, through that, I was, uh, you know, able to meet people from all kinds of martial arts, you know, internal, external, you know, from various cultures or, you know, and, you know, I've had a lot of fun doing it. Yeah. yeah. You often do a lot of practicing with, uh, the bands or the roadies or the people that are traveling with you too, before we get into telling stories yeah, about yeah. individuals. Yeah. I've been lucky with uh, two bands in particular that I've worked with that have band members that practice, um, jujitsu, Brazilian jujitsu. And, um, one was dragon force, the guitar player, Herman Lee. He's a jujitsu practitioner. 
um, under the Roger Gracie line of guys. Okay. Yeah. So anyhow, um, when we're on tour, we bring mats and set them up every day in the venue somewhere that we're playing at and roll around on the ground and try to choke each other, lock <laughs> each other's joints or whatever, you know, and, and, uh, we of course invite our respective friends and acquaintances out and, you know, sometimes we would have. So with the guitar player, you go right for the, for the small joint lock on the fingers, right for the wrist. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> right for the wrist. Is it? <laughs> And that would go over great. Herman was, I'm a pretty big guy. If you can't tell by my voice <laughs> and, uh, Herman Lee, the guitar player for five finger death punches, or I'm sorry for dragon force, dragon force was, um, 150 pounds at maximum, maybe 140 pounds. I don't know. Small guy. So, uh, you know, working out with him was a different kind of challenge, especially in the context of jujitsu. But every now and then we would have bigger guys come in and, you know, or some professional athletes, you know, that fight in the UFC and such. And, and they would totally school me, you know, (laughs) and within, you know, seconds I'm submitting instead of, you know, being able to submit the other person quickly or whatever, you know, and and that picked my interest in jujitsu. Yeah, definitely. But, um, and then the one that I'm working with more recently is Five Finger Death Punch, and you know, Zoltan is a uh, he. He loves is that. That cat's real name. I gotta ask you, man. <laughs> Zoltan Bathory is his real name. Yes, he's from Hungary, and wow. as a matter of fact, he he gets a little annoyed with that question because he's like, in my fifth grade school class, there were twelve kids named Zoltan. Oh, there were no. only fifteen kids in the class. Yeah. Wow. It's like being named James or John or... Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's no, different when you're from somewhere yeah. else. I thought it was a magician's name when I was introduced <laughs> yeah. to him. Yeah. But, um, sorry, Sultan. <laughs> Did he have a big yeah. top hat? And a <laughs> yeah. No, the, white gloves. The sorcerers in a box, you go, you know, to Coney Island or whatever, pop in a quarter, and Sultan will tell you the future. Yeah, right. Yes, right. the great Sultan. With the turban and the yeah. jewel in the middle. But I, actually, he's he's um, very interested in martial arts and of all kinds. He, he has a black belt in judo, and he's a blue belt now, I think, under um, on Team Micah. It's a Gracie line of jiu-jitsu out of Las Vegas. Cool. And you know, he's, he does competitions and such. And one of the bonuses of working for his band is he practices jiu-jitsu and brings out professional trainers and athletes and friends. You know, so we've had a wide variety of people to train us. And you know, this, this summer we did everything from Wing Chun training to um, army combatives training and you know just had a had a blast wow yeah, <laughs> yeah your 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 life must suck you know it's martial arts one. all day uh rock and roll yeah well t- tell us a little bit about the the special forces or whatever stuff you were doing that sounded really uh, in- uh, interesting yeah, and, and fun if not you know slightly hurty Oh, um, one of the guys that was on tour with us, who's a friend of Zoltan and his, one of his jiu-jitsu teachers, um, taught us. He's a level four, I believe, army combatives trainer. He trains. He's trained a lot of thousands and thousands of soldiers, and um, he's he's also a 
MMA fighter and a black belt in jiu-jitsu. So he, um, he came out and we would take over a dressing room complex in a hockey arena, which would have, if you could imagine, a long corridor with a bunch of locker rooms and offices. So there's, um, there's a, like a, a team shower, there's a, you know, the, the coach's office and all this stuff. Right. And we would practice room clearing you know, with airsoft guns and, and shocker knives and things like that. And Good you know, he, it was, yeah. it was a blast. You know, and, and we learned a lot. He taught us, you know, a lot of do's and don'ts and basically went through the level one army combatives course with us. Yeah. That's very cool. Yeah, it was, it was great. I would do that every weekend. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Most of us don't get that opportunity. Paintball guns. And, yeah. <laughs> They hurt. I will tell you, they really hurt. Those airsoft they broke, guns? Yeah, they broke skin. I got shot point blank in the skin on, on my shin, and it broke. It, it made a huge welt. It was probably three inches around, and, <laughs> and it was probably an inch tall mound. I think the whole point of that is <laughs> It looked is like a volcano. Yeah. You know? yeah, there's a picture of it somewhere. I think Zoltan took a photo of it. Nice. <laughs> um, yeah. Hang that one on the wall. I was bobbing when I should have been weaving. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he got shot in the, uh, in the shin point blank. Was somebody laying on the floor and came around the corner and got he, you? Or? He was, well, it was a very important lesson for me, actually, because th- there was, a, I had a knife, a, which was a shocker knife, so I could, you know, stab him or whatever. And I'm basically the bad guy hiding in this building. And, and, there's two guys that are searching for me. One of them has a pistol and one of them has a AR-15, I think. Right. And uh, the I saw the orange tip, because these are airsoft weapons. I saw the orange tip around the corner, and I decided to go the wrong way and got shot instead of stabbing him. You know, But it was a very important lesson, because the next time I did it, I was successful with <laughs> actually <laughs> stabbing him and getting the gun away from him. But they, um, you know, yeah, we, we learned a lot of hard lessons like that. I got to shoot Zoltan several times, too. <laughs> <laughs> That's not something common you get to hear people say. No. Yeah, my boss beats me up, and I beat my boss up. It's great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That does sound like fun. I, I think every office would work a little bit better if you could just walk in and beat the crap out of your boss <laughs> once in a while. And, hey, you know, yeah. he can kick the shit out of you, too, when it's his turn. <laughs> I need to raise, boss. Challenge. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, why, don't you, uh, why don't you tell us about some of your favorite people you've gotten to swap paint with in your days rolling around out there. Any, well, any stories you've got? You know, there's, there's been several interesting people. I a lot of names really escaped me. Because a lot of the meetings that I've had with people have been sort of by chance, or I was in the right place at the right time. But you know, the one okay. one interesting, well-known martial artist that I got a chance to hang out with was um, Minoru Akazawa. I th- think is how you pronounce his name. It sounds <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyhow, I was introduced to him and got to feel what he does firsthand, you know, basically, which he has some kind of inter- some kind of body alignments that cause him to have extreme <laughs> amounts of strength. You know, and he can kick and hit incredibly hard with very little movement. And he, he taught me a couple of methods of, we worked on kicking a lot that the day I was there with him and, and, um, did, 
it looked sort of like, um, how do you call it, Rosho? Roush? Yeah, soft Ro- hands, is that what you're yeah. Yeah. yeah, but it was a lot more aggressive, the type of wrestling that they were doing in their oh. class, you know, and... And um, yeah, I got a chance to do that with him and and feel firsthand. It's one thing to see on YouTube somebody throwing a bunch of guys around or whatever, and you can look at them and be all skeptical, <laughs> like oh, that never they couldn't do that. Yeah, to you me. should be because, yeah. <laughs> but it, to actually feel it firsthand is like yeah, that's it's enlightening because it doesn't lie. This is I'm I'm actually trying to grab him and throw him onto the ground because he's going to throw me on the ground if I don't right. and. And he did throw me on the ground, unfortunately for me, <laughs> or probably fortunately, because I I think I learned a lot. You know, every time I get my ass kicked, I think, uh, yeah, yeah, learn something. That's why you're so lucky, so, yeah. man. Is that you know, like what Dave was saying is true, man. You see on YouTube, you see an ass load of scam, spam, and 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 real legit stuff, and also just crap, you know. And for you to be able to go out there and actually see the proof in the pudding, to mm-hmm. taste that pudding for yourself and say, no, this is legit shit. Yeah. And especially with somebody like that, that's high-level stuff. You know? And you've got to, to jump right in there and d- feel that. You know? Yeah, yeah, and it's, it, you couldn't pay money for that experience, I think. You, know? you have to be in the right time at the right place. You know? Definitely. Yeah, you get, you get a lot of inroads via introductions and so forth that... Even though you get sp- spend a lot of time with any individual person, you get some pretty intensive uh, yeah, yeah. encounters from what I've heard. Now, what style does this guy teach? Uh, which one? Um, it's called Ankai. Ankai. Okay. Yeah, Ankai. Yeah, he didn't he come out or have he was somebody, in Atlanta yeah, just yeah. about a year or two ago? Yeah, right around there. Yeah, he was. He, yeah, I, I was on tour at the time, so I didn't get to attend his seminar here, but. Yeah, I, I don't know how much I would enjoy a seminar format anyways. I've never really been to one or done one, I suppose. But it's uh, it seems like there wouldn't be enough time. I don't know. Like, you're cramming a lot of... You don't need to worry about seminars based on what you've got now. You've got the inroads to the best quality seminars. <laughs> I mean, it's a little private seminar. That's the thing is when I'm comparing it to that, it's, it's tough. Cause it's like, well, I can't even like grab you or something. And <laughs> you know, cause like if I did a seminar with X, Y, Z, Tai Chi Chuan master, you know, I, I'm not going to be able to go grab the guy by his neck and <laughs> yeah, play with, you him, know what really. I mean? Yeah. And, and feel what he's going to do to me. It's just not, acceptable i guess you know <laughs> i wish it was stuff. i wish there was a format for that i mean you know of course doing that you know interrupting somebody's class or whatever would never be a time to do that but i wish there was a little bit easier way that that could happen more often you know because it's a mystery really what chinese martial arts feels like being done to you or whatever i i think in a lot of ways because so you you can't really touch any of the masters of the martial yeah. arts, you know, and, and there's there's one of those that I met in America somewhere, in a city in America, <laughs> right? Okay. who has students and books and videos out, and he's directly associated with the source of his style, okay? He has um, big mattresses on his walls in his mm-hmm. school, and they basically... The students line up on one end, and he goes and makes a little twitch with his hand, and they go running backwards and fly into the mat. 
And I had a hard time accepting <laughs> that it was even plausible, let alone actually happening. Right. And I politely tried to have him do it to me. And, and he actually, and I was just standing there. I wasn't bracing myself or whatever, you know, like I'm not limp or anything, but I'm just standing there. I'm ready. Yeah, yeah. but that's something to be said for itself. You're a big guy. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I weigh 200 and probably 275 at the time, 280, whatever. I don't Plus know. you got proper structure and training and six all that. foot, two inches tall. Yeah. So yeah, I'm not a little guy, but. Well, if know, he can move you with, without touching you, it shouldn't matter how much you weigh, right? Cause he's well, already he, violent. He wasn't doing no business. touch though. He, oh. was, he was not doing no touch. Okay. okay. Um, he was, he was actually touching them, but it was just barely touching them. And yeah, you know, I've seen a lot of videos of this, of well-known masters, you know, yeah. and I, I just don't, Get it? Because I've I've Hard been for in anybody a, to believe that. Unless no, you yeah, actually have you it call happen. it bullshit unless you're there. And and exactly, and that's what everybody seems to tell me is, well, you have to feel it to believe it. But I'm like, well, can't somebody show it to me? You know, because nobody that I've met, and I've met a lot of people, and, and I've met students. Just go ahead and crack it open, Craig. Everybody knows you're <laughs> drinking on the podcast. <laughs> me. Did you feel it that day, Bruce? I, Anything resembling? No, it? what I felt was when he went to push me that he literally stumbled backwards. Oh, wow. And it was humiliated in front of his students. I bet, I bet. And it was really awkward. I could see the look in his eyes, how angry he was oh, with me. I thought you were going to say, and he blew me back with his blast. No, he didn't do right. shit. And, <laughs> and somewhere I hear a rice bowl breaking. <laughs> Yeah, no. <laughs> there were, it was in America, in a city. Yes, somewhere, somewhere. This Some is very style. common, dude. If Most you care of enough, with you can, all that you can money and the DVDs yourself. and the seminars and everything, when you get up in uh, time to dance, like I had the chance to do this with two people, and yeah, they usually you know chuckle, shuffle back, and like no, but you don't understand. It's like okay, <laughs> yeah. you know, I met a pretty incredible martial artist. In Hawaii, um, there's this guy Alex Dong, a tongue. You see, like T U N G or D O N G. Right? You see it spelled a couple of ways. But um, there's a junior and a senior up right now doing Tai Chi, I believe. This was the senior. And um, I called his school when you know, I was there on vacation, actually, which is rare because every time I go to Hawaii, it's for work. You know? <laughs> but um, I called his school and they said, well, he's not having any classes for the next few days, but he practices at, um, this park every morning. And, uh, if you go there before 7am and you wait till he's done, you can go, just go introduce yourself. And I, I did. And, you know, he was a really fantastic teacher and, you know, did some push hands with some of his students. I didn't actually get to do push hands with him, but, um, just feeling what his students did, in comparison to what I've felt in other, you know, other visits to other schools was pretty enlightening and, and looking like his Tai Chi form looked a lot different than other people I've seen doing it, you know, and yeah, you know, it wasn't completely out of the box, but just, he moved in a more natural way. I thought than I've seen a lot of people move just out of curiosity. Are you, when you talk Tai Chi, are you talking Yang or Chin style or just in general? What do you, I lump it all together. Honestly, right. I just call it all Tai Chi Chuan. I get you. But I, I mean, I, I practice a variation of Cheng Man Ching's form of mm. Tai Chi Chuan. Yeah, okay. that that's the primary thing that I do as far as Tai Chi goes. Yeah, cool. Yeah, but um, so I yeah I I don't really differentiate. I don't know. 
There's, I mean, Chen Tai Chi is, is the same to me, I think, as, as Yang Tai Chi. And, you know, like, say you take the last section of the Xin Jia form, right. you know, the, and the yang, any standard Yang form, you know, they're, they're the same movements, and you can see, they're done slightly differently, but you can see the, how they are exactly parallel of each other. Yeah, I notice the first form so, in almost any of the styles of Tai Chi are exactly the same, but different flavors. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, and and you know, grasp the sparrow's tail appear, you know, the, like ward off, roll back, you know, press, push. Those appear in all the styles of Tai Chi Chuan. Yeah, you know, so right. I just call it all Tai Chi. That's yeah. cool. Yeah, they're in Bagua too, <laughs> and all over the place. Yeah, and and it, an and interesting thing about that is, yeah. I, I a few years ago, I I um, decided I need a change in you know martial arts. I sort of ran out of of what I thought I could learn from the system I was in. And, and I found a new teacher that taught Gao style of Bagua. That's oh, cool. who yeah. is that? This uh, <laughs> is Dave, G- <laughs> Dave Never Jones. Walking. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, and, you know, and, and it was interesting to me how there were some things that I'm like, wait, this is ward off or this is roll back, you know? And, the familiarity was really nice, but then the there were so many little differences in, you know, just angles you go or you just pay attention to different things. Another man's outlook, I guess, you know. Yeah, yeah. Right. But, uh, you know, so I, I became really interested in it and, you know, started trying to learn it. Don't, don't worry, Bruce. You don't have to blow sunshine up my ass here. I was trying not to belch into the microphone. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's the same thing. Yeah, sunshine, belch. It's all. <laughs> now, Bruce is always great to have out of class because he does all this other stuff. So he's always, <clears throat> and he's not afraid to say, well, how is this supposed to actually work? Sorry. <laughs> no, call practical on it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Call it practical. That's fine because that's that's what I like to do. I have you found that when you run into Western teachers, they tend to be a lot more open about actually putting their hands on you and letting you touch them. Or is is the face thing with Asian teachers part of what sort of holds back the contact there and and may create some of those walls? Uh, yeah, I found it fifty fifty really. There's there's some Asian guys like Akizawa, for example. You know, right. granted he's Japanese, not Chinese, but whatever. You know, right. he's, yeah. Um, he was completely open. He let me do whatever I wanted to do, you know, well, and cool. and it didn't, you know, yeah, I, it didn't I felt him a bit. Yeah, I felt that he would be prepared for whatever it was that I may do anyway. So he was not, you know, he he didn't feel threatened by anything I might do. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah. Right. So, you know that that gave me a lot of respect for him. You know, and you know he's he's had. Apparently, he's done a lot of fighting, you know, for uh, competitions and whatever. You know, I don't know what kind of events they are, but, you know, right. so, you know, he's he's actually punched somebody and actually been punched before. And I think that might be a huge difference in the way a lot of martial artists look at what they do. Beautiful. Beautifully said. Dude. As simple as it may be, you cannot believe the number of teachers who haven't even taken a hit to the face like a, an honest... Hit. Yeah, I've been knocked the fuck out. I've been like kicked on the ground. I know what it's like to get yeah. your ass yeah. beat. I grew up in East Tennessee. And, I mean, that was yeah. 
That shit was no secret from day one. <laughs> it, it sucks. Mm-hmm. Don't do it. <laughs> if you go to some fairyland Tai Chi guy and he's telling you about the Dallas Immortals and floating around and whatnot, but the guy can't take a punch, go searching. Well, my, my Tai Chi teacher said something that was almost the opposite of what every thing I had heard at the time. And I think he'll still say it to, to this day. You know, Gary would say, um, the Tai Chi master is fast and powerful, you know, and, and nobody ever really associates those things with, you know, Tai Slow Chi. Slow and soft. Right. Yeah, it's soft and gentle and you, you overcome them with softness and whatever, which there's a principle. I mean, I get the principle of that. You have to have softness, but at the time, at the same it's time, you have to be relevant. But yeah. as, as John Wang said once, you can't. You can't soft someone to death. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> I have a collection of John Wang quotes, actually. There you go. Yeah, we'll, I've been we'll... saving them for years on the internet, <laughs> off the internet. Yeah. We should put that on a page somewhere and link it in the show notes. I think yeah. so. I've seen a bunch of those too. They're hilarious. But it makes sense. You can't you can't go compare softness or hardness or speed or or slow or power or whatever mm-hmm. from ground zero because you're in the middle of a fight or somebody attacking you, whatever. That's not ground zero. It's contextually relevant to the situation you're mm-hmm. in. You might be slightly softer than the idiots trying to slice your ribs, but you're not going to go all limpy daddy on. Well, his his point is like like we had a heavy bag at our school, you know, and and in one of my first classes we all punched it, you know, and and that's a good idea. And I I remember thinking about my wrist and how, <laughs> you know I like I didn't hurt myself. I remember thinking. Oh wait, because when I was doing the form, I had it all funky, trying to be all artistic and right. you know look cool and whatever, you know. And then when I actually tried to hit something, I, you know, I was I had to adjust it and make sure it was lined up. My bones and joints were all lined up well, so I didn't hurt myself, you know. And mm-hmm. yeah, I tell my beginning students, say, I, oftentimes I'll see somebody with a bent, bent wrist, and I say, "You got the wrist cuffs. You need to go <laughs> practice on a bag." Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, one of the things I like about Dave's class is, you know, he brings out the kicking shield and, you know, we'll do a lot of strikes on those. And, you know, it's, it's, I think it's good to help you not have a false sense of how hard you can hit or shoulder bump or, or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Once, once Bruce got the damn shoulder bump down, though, <laughs> <laughs> we run, right? <laughs> no, you kind of fly as well. <laughs> Boring. I'm walking back up with the pad. Okay, who's next? <laughs> Halfway across the park. I'm twice his size. Lunch. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about twice, but you definitely got some size. Right? 1.6831. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for the math there, Craig. <laughs> it's the golden ratio. I had to throw it at you. So, um, so what are your what are your goals going forward with this? You know, I mean. We'll take as many stories as you want to tell about people, but you know, I, I think maybe also part of what goes along with this privilege you get is you don't want to you don't want to talk too much out of school and not have the next guy open his door, you know. Yeah, and you know, they I've always been polite and respectful with any martial artist that I've met, and when I go to somebody's school or whatever, you know, I, I'm I, I look as if I'm in their home, you know, I'm not going to do anything that would disrespect it, you know. So I'm not going to tell somebody oh, that will never work or or whatever, you know. <laughs> Your cooking sucks. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks yeah. for inviting me over to dinner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
But, um, this ain't a restaurant, it's a meth lab. Come on now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, I, you know, you, you have to be you have to be respectful, I think, when you're visiting people. And, and you have to be cautious, too, because I, I've had people get overly aggressive, which I personally don't mind because I'm training to defend myself from a somebody who wants to hurt me you know that's what i'm training for and simulates a little reality you know, so anyway. when on the occasion that somebody does that like there i'll tell a story from our our little park here um I, when i first started training with dave we met at the gazebo in decatur square yeah which was a very familiar practice ground to me actually because every sunday for the decade before that i would meet some other answer. people um, Dimitri, you know, Dimitri and, Edwards yeah. and, and um, he's an excellent Tai Chi Chuan practitioner and now a purple belt in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Wow. I still have not met this guy and yeah. I don't know how I've managed to. He's, I've only met him once. Yeah, he, one he time he actually, came out to the push hands. Yeah, he would actually be an interesting person to speak with on this show. He's, he's um, really had a broad range of experience, also. Yeah. yeah. But, um, anyhow, there was a visitor that came to that. Meeting, which was basically a um, any martial artist at about ten or noon, depending on how we felt from the night before, right? <laughs> <You know, laughs> could come and hang out, and you could just watch. You could do some forms or push hands or sparring. Some when Jay came out, we did some ground grappling. You know, mm-hmm. um, Jay's a, stu- a fellow student of Gao Baguazhang. The Jay uh, I knew. Yeah, yeah the Jay, Jay Fury. Yeah. Jay Fury. All right. Yeah, yeah. Jay Fury. So, um, you know, we, I mean, we did Jay some Train. some groundwork, you know, whatever anybody's up to. We had all kinds of martial artists come there, you know, but primarily Tai Chi Chuan practitioners. And, right. Yeah, um, yeah, we had a, people from out of town via a forum that everybody knows and loves that practices martial arts and likes forums. Anyways, you can name the forums. I don't care about them. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That way I don't have to link to it in the show notes. <laughs> okay, fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, he, he comes out and, and he's going to do some practice with, with us this day. And, and he, he starts talking shit straight away about this guy. And he's telling me how, and he's naming his first and last name. And he's like, this this guy is just a loser. He doesn't know how to do anything. All of his students are pussies. They couldn't fight their way out of a wet paper sack, you know. And and they're fakes and frauds, and they don't even do tai chi and blah blah wow. blah. Right? Charlatans. <laughs> fully like when I rant about it. Right. And it's like, well, I mean. Okay, I'm thinking to myself, you know, I haven't told him that that's my teacher and oh, I'm no. one of those students. <laughs> but there's a couple of of ideas, martial ideas or, or usages of Tai Chi that are very specific to to what Gary Grooms showed me, you know, that I did not learn from other sources of, you know, of my travels or practice or whatever, you know, and, and I decided that I would use those tactics exclusively on this guy yeah and nice and i whooped him over and over and over you know for <laughs> you know whatever however long we were practicing i don't know and after a while like he you know i was like you know he would, he would start asking questions so how do you do this move or what tell me about that one it's like oh gary grooms taught me that it's it goes like this and see when they you know blah, you know whatever you can't see me so I'm not going to try to <laughs> describe it but 
you know, when you know, I, I broke down the movements and told them how I learned them and who taught them to me and how I came to be able to use them, you know, and and he was of course really embarrassed and and um, was he apologetic? He was yes, he was apologetic, and he never he was one of the people who post a lot of negative things on the internet about that. Actually, some of the people in that group of you know where I learned Tai Chi Chuan from. So anyhow, I never saw a post from him on the internet again either, which to this day actually. So he must have changed his posting name. (laughs) But, (laughs) but, you know, that was an interesting experience for me, you know, because it it was, um, I don't know, it was a lot of years ago. So I don't know, but it was, I was already traveling around and and meeting a lot of martial arts. But at that time, I hadn't necessarily, it was still a lot of mystery, like all these Tai Chi Chuan masters, you see what they're doing on these videos, you know, and like I wanted to feel that. I had never seen that in person at that time yet. So I, I had this. You know, idea that maybe somehow some of these things are happening. You know, I want to feel it because if I mean, this is this is a person that has a direct link to the source or whatever. So I mean, if it's there, you want to know about you, it because it yeah. would be a huge advantage, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And if, shit, if I can beat somebody out without touching them, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just gonna sit at home in my underwear and beat the crap out of everybody. <laughs> yeah, that's generally what I do, Dave. Yeah. You know, that's I know what role. you're beating the crap out of when you sit around the house in your underwear. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for that. Oh, delightful. Little Craig getting a spanking. <laughs> <laughs> but he's just giggling in the corner. <laughs> that's right. Sorry, sorry about that, Bruce. Yes, yeah, we hijacked your thread, didn't we not? <laughs> what was I talking about? <laughs> oh, geez, now I can't remember. I've got. I was, I was talking about internet assholes. Okay, good. Yeah, that's a good place yes. to go. Yeah, yeah, and, and that's there's you know there's some message boards for every any activity you do. Probably there's a message Bullshito board for it, works. right? Yeah, yeah, Bullshito. There's there's that. You know, you can discuss Chinese martial arts there. You know, and and run and yeah, yeah. <laughs> and. Um, it's one thing that I found is there's in, in my travels, I've met a lot of people from these message boards who talk quite a lot of skill and game. Talk a big game on, on the, the internet. internet. Yep. About how, you know, like I, I have a bunch of videos of my measly practice online. You know, most of them are pretty old, but whatever. You know, they're there for Out people. Out at Piedmont to, Park. I've seen a few yeah. of those. Yeah. And so they're there for people to. You know, laugh at or whatever, you know, because some people have asked questions about this or that on these forums, and as part of a discussion, instead of trying to describe what I'm talking about, I'll put up a video of it, you know, because I'm like, well, here I am, and here's the video of me doing what we're talking about. So, uh, yeah, yeah, those. Those yeah. people will almost never reciprocate. <laughs> no, and, and, and they you don't. wish that you never but, had. Um, but you know, the that's that's led to a lot of. Um, good and bad for me, really, because I've gotten some really good pointers from people about how to improve some things that I'm doing, and, and I've gotten some really ridiculous advice that I can't believe somebody would try to tell me, you know. But yeah, you know. so uh, yeah, more chi, train harder. <laughs> Kapow! Yeah. <laughs> well, you can't. You have to be able to take the bad with the good with this stuff, anyway, because uh, yeah. th- there's a huge subjective element and. Plus, there are a lot of people that are completely deluded about what they can and can't do and do and don't know anyway. And the Internet is the best place to find them all collected into one pile. 
Yeah, well, you know, there, I've met several people from one of the more popular internal martial arts forums in my travels, and I would say 80% of them have actually been really good martial artists. And That's really, a good average, yeah. yeah. Very good average. Yeah, and I, like, I don't want to... I don't want to name any names, but you know, there's there's some of them that um, can come across as very arrogant and knowledgeable or whatever. It's like well, the guy is actually knowledgeable, you know. So mm-hmm. you can, I'll accept it. I'll accept your shit when you talk down to somebody. Yeah. I'll accept it. Whatever. As James Brown said, "It ain't yeah. bragging if you can do it." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's not bragging if you can do it. Yeah. So, but there's there are other guys who uh, I meet them. I'm I'm just flabbergasted at how they could possibly be even offering an opinion. They should be asking questions and listening instead of offering opinions, you know? And, you know, it's, it's a, like, but they, their teacher was some famous teacher with whatever lineage or whatever, you know, that I. Yeah. And Davy Crockett was my great granddad, but that don't mean I kill a bear. (laughs) 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 Like lineage is interesting, but it's, I think it's, and it's probably a hot topic actually, you know, but I think what did you over, do with what you were taught? Yeah, who cares where you learned it or who, whatever, as long as, you know, people aren't being deceptive, of course, but who cares? You know, I, I don't care if the teacher that I had was, you know, Chen Chang Sing's direct <laughs> lineage, you know, student from, you know, direct line from 1775 or whatever, you know, who cares? How is that going to help me when I'm walking up North Avenue trying to go to the park and, and some dude tries to mug me so he can get some crack. Right. Yeah. Runs up and starts eating your me. dog. Cause yeah. he's starting. <laughs> you may have been learning, salt. you may have been learning like long fist or, or even, I mean, shit, you could take whatever it is, you know, a Muay Thai or uh, BJJ or whatever. And, and they're going on and on about their lineage, you know. And even these Western or Westerner arts mm-hmm. might have lineage, you know. My teacher learned from him. Who gives a shit? You know, can you, did you take what you were, you know, taught and did you progress through it? And can you pull that shit off mm-hmm. when it counts? Yeah, I, I started training Brazilian Jiu Jitsu officially um, last year and, uh, or earlier this year. It hasn't been a year yet, sorry. And um, I, I started training with Roberto Trevin, who is just a fantastic athlete and martial artist. Like I've, like I, I looked around pretty much at every school, and there are a lot of good ones here in Atlanta for jiu-jitsu. You know, and mm-hmm. and he he was the guy that just seemed to have the most natural flow when he moves and just. You know, like I mean, he, you know, he he got beat up in the UFC a bunch of years ago or whatever. But you know, that's experience. Yeah, yeah that's you know, right. it's experience. He fought a really tough guy and and lost or whatever. But he, I didn't fight in the yeah. UFC. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, and and it's just it happened to be less than a mile from my house, which is even more convenient because a lot <laughs> of the places were like 15 or 20 miles from the house. But yeah, um, you know, he comes from a direct lineage. And, you know, that's, I mean, it's right from the Gracie's and, and, you know, via one teacher. And, but I've never heard him even mention it. Right. You know, it, well, it's not, it doesn't come up in class. What comes up in class is work hard, exercise. Here's a technique. Here's how you can do that technique better. This is a weakness. Try not to do that. 
this will make you stronger, this will make you weaker, whatever, you know. Right. Like, there's, it doesn't, he doesn't, I don't know. And, well, look, lineage can tell you, it can give you a lot of information. It can, if you're researching a style or something like that, it can, it can sort of help you think of what you should expect. You know, you can research how they do things and stuff. But as far as a teacher goes, you know, lineage gives you information about the style, but the, the individual teacher is where you need to go to find out if that person is a good teacher. Mm-hmm. Definitely. <laughs> because that's lineage has nothing to do with how well they teach that's and how skilled we need they to are. Bring that's out. on them we need to bring out in a future episode because if uh, you and I are thinking about the same email conversation, there was a bit of, uh, you know, lineage questions going on both to you and I, um, because we're both practitioners and teachers of Chinese martial arts. Mm-hmm. And they were like, well, how can I prove what you're telling me? Unfortunately with Chinese martial arts, we're like, we can't, but it, really shouldn't matter that much just come out and do the stuff yeah i mean i can show you historical references as far as they go but that's not what you need proof of from me come out to class and i'll prove it to you exactly (laughs) or if i can't then you don't need to be with me anyway there's an interesting story about that actually um with with alan your bagua teacher Mm -hmm. i he was one of the teachers that i looked at when i first became interested in in Chinese martial arts and wanting to learn Tai Chi Chuan or, or you know, I didn't know that Bagua and Tai Chi were different or whatever. I thought that all the, all kind of the internal, same. I just it's called all it all Kaladi. Tai Chi Chuan. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and, and, um, you know, but I, I didn't, when I, when I saw the class, I didn't see any martial arts going on and I did not have an eye at the time to know what he was doing or, or that, you know, like how Hung Iman might have taught him or what he might know. I just saw what I saw what I saw and took just, well, there's a guy with, you know, doing doing a beautiful dance. Right. And that was all, well, I, could, for, all I could find. For a long time, that's all he taught. Well, Robert Smith did not want him teaching applications. Mm-hmm. So he didn't, as long as he was still kind of under Robert Smith teaching his classes and uh even once he started teaching applications and stuff he he taught very different groups of people Mm -hmm. so he when i started training there he mostly had people in their 50s and 60s you know and they would just follow him doing the forms around the park and that was pretty much it they were Mm -hmm. good they were oh some of them were good yeah and some of them were learning applications too but but you know the classes if you walk into the class wasn't a whole lot of application you want to and there were just a there was a group of us that were like we want to do exactly what you did in, in Taiwan with Hung and he's like oh yeah really sure and uh, we're yeah. like no we want to do that and he's like okay all of you show up here at six a.m. Monday morning in the park and I didn't think I don't think he thought we were going to show up I don't think he would have said that <laughs> if he had known we were going to make him do it <laughs> maybe so I think he would have yeah I think he was glad yeah he actually had a lot of fun with it too because I don't think he'd had a chance to swap paint with a bunch of guys on a regular basis in, in many years either so. It was a lot of fun for all of us. But, yeah, you you could see a totally different thing on one day as opposed to the next day looking at one of his classes. And I bet yeah. it's that way with a lot of teachers. Mm-hmm. They're catering it to the group they've got in front of them. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, the, at the time especially, and even now, I, I, my primary motivation is self-defense. And, you know, secondary motivations or whatever, you know, might be, you know, health and a fun activity or you know, all those things. Whatever. Longevity. But self-defense is, the, is what it is yeah. for me. Powerful erections <laughs> and self-defense. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah it's, so it's strong. <laughs> Half the time it's the look on your face. We're going to have to make this a video podcast one of these days. 
just think Greg's going to be have his face on yeah, the video. Yeah, just Greg's face. <laughs> Watch him trying to crack a beer open. <laughs> Quietly. <laughs> Craig, you're on video. They can see you. Yeah. <laughs> no, my ninja skill very nice. Well, look, we're going to take a break here, but uh, let's uh, let's finish up this portion with, uh, you know, what are your goals going forward with... Uh, with your training, you know, what what have you got in mind? Are you just going to try like to keep doing what you're story? doing? Well, you know, I'm, right now, of course, Tai Chi Chuan is always going to be with me. And, you know, right now I'm focusing on learning Gao Bagua and Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. You know, and, and those are the those are the two, you know, new things in my life as far as martial arts go that, that I really want to, you know, want to keep on learning about. You know, because Gao Bagua, for example, like I've... I've learned only a very small bit of the forms, for example, but I think I've got just a huge amount of uh principle principles and like it's it's improved at minimum what it's done for me. Let me try to make this shorter. What it's done for me is it's given me principles at least that have made my other martial arts that I practice better. Like my Tai Chi to one as I understand it now versus the way I understood it three years ago before I met you, it's entirely different. Oh, cool. And as, a, you know, definitely influenced by what you've shown me, you know, with Gao Bagua, even though I have not been able to do so great with the forms, for example, you know. Uh, you're doing fine, but you're just not around consistently enough to, to you know, be blowing through that. But you don't really care about that anyway as much, what you care about, so... Usually when I teach a form, there's a basic principle involved with it, and we'll break that down into mm-hmm. a drill. So often you can do the drill a hundred times and walk away the principle, but kind of forget the form. You know, it makes it, it the two can be separated out. And frankly, it, it's, it's always fun for me to show you stuff because you ask questions, and I know you're going to go try this out on other people. <laughs> Right, so A, I don't want to get you punched in the mouth if I can help. Uh, yeah, thank you. And uh, B, you know, it's like okay, I know he's going to try this, so I try to give the best answer from my understanding for what you should do. And it's great to hear you come back and say oh, this thing worked really well. This thing, not so much. Mm-hmm. You know, even I get to learn from that sometimes. Well, the, the snake was a good one for me actually. I mean, it, I, I use it standing up. You know, I don't really go low like right. it does in the form at all with the way I've used it, but I've multiple times used it to do a strike or to just take somebody's back. Mm. And I've even used it somewhat on the ground, the idea of it to, you know, just to get around and and wrap under that leg and get you a little leg action. I can see Uh, that. And so it's, I mean, getting, getting somebody's back is, you know, probably a important concept, important thing to be able to do well, I think with any self-defense type martial art, you know, Mm because, If if I'm if I'm behind you, I've I can run away faster. You know, it'll take you. I, you know, I can get a head start when I run. You know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. grab a hold and run like, to Oklahoma. You know, <laughs> Oklahoma, Oklahoma, Oklahoma. <laughs> Let me ask you this question. Uh, I refuse to answer that. Dark. But um, <laughs> this interview so, is over. <laughs> so you've been you've been studying many different things as we all have, and you've had the um, interesting chance that very few people in at all have had the chance to be that wandering swordsman, if you will, going out, learning from various teachers and whatnot. And you're kind of, it sounds like you're, you're learning for yourself, building your own, uh, I'm a warrior type thing, you know, mm-hmm. and finding what works best for you. Any goals or ideas long-term for perhaps teaching one day? Yeah. I, 
I spent a few years teaching, and I would love to, you know. I don't know exactly what I would teach. <laughs> you know? Right. I mean, but... Um, but yeah, like Bruce Kuhn Doe. Bruce, there he goes. Bruce Kuhn Doe. Yeah, I like that. That's <laughs> got a ring good. to it. Kuhn it does. Yeah. BKD. Now you're going to have to do it because everybody's heard it by now and somebody else might steal it. Yeah, so. you better say TM real fast. Yeah. Trademarked. There you go. 2012. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so... I, I enjoy teaching. Um, every now and then I will do a small Tai Chi Chuan seminar at the school that I used to teach at. And um, I do that about twice a year, actually. And, you know, that's that's pretty much the only teaching I do lately. Um, but, yeah, that would be great in the future. But I don't know with time and the way my life works how that would Yeah, your primary career yeah. makes it kind of hard to do yeah. because you're out and gone most of the time. But. But definitely, um, I, I want to compete in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. You know? um, oh, I'm planning on doing a tournament in January. Uh, Give we'll us some see card how that and goes, ticket you know? information. Yeah, yeah. And um, one of my goals with that, and who knows if I'll be able to pull this off, because I'll probably be taken down and tapped out in the first second of the fight. But, you know. <laughs> Could happen. You know, can, yeah, or maybe the second second of the fight they'll tap me out. But, you know. Um, but one of my goals is to get standing submissions, you know, which I have not really seen in, in jiu-jitsu competitions nice. very much, but there are a lot of techniques that are taught in jiu-jitsu and in tai chi chuan, bagua sang, and shingi, and all the other arts, you know, that are stand-up submissions. So mm -hmm. I figured I'd try to use that as an avenue to see what I can do. that. You do. shut up all the yeah. people on the forums who say chinna is worthless. Uh, For me, whole body chin nah, BJJ. Yeah, I mean, Tai Chi Chuan and Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, I think, are the same art. It's just that Jiu Jitsu people Dude, practice right. with resistance against people who will actually choke you unconscious. Yeah, <laughs> live resisting opponents. Yep. Because yeah, you know, I mean, if if I don't tap at class. Unless he's sensitive enough and nice enough to let go before I go unconscious, I'll be choked unconscious. You know what I mean? Yeah. And same with my arm. I don't tap. If he has me an arm bar, you know, it's going to break. Yeah. Like, I have to tap. I mean, maybe he's sensitive enough to not actually pull it. And hopefully, you know, in practice, people are careful. But that, and, that, that one I mean? guy that refuses to tap no matter what, he's the one that as soon as you let him go is going to go at you again. <laughs> you, <laughs> know? you know, you just have to go ahead and break that asshole's arm. Behavior like that, like one, one thing I've noticed at the jiu-jitsu schools is there's not a lot of bullshit like that because it's clearly defined who can beat who up. Right. Because you're on the mats and there's, do it every there's day. just, yeah. there's no... There's no misunderstanding that that guy can take you and whoop the shit out of you, you know? Right. And so there's, that takes away a lot of bullshit. There's, there's no room for yeah. it, you know? That's cool. <laughs> talk smack, you point. get put down. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I would never talk shit to any of the guys that my, my Bruce Lee Jiu-Jitsu class, you know? Not that I would talk shit to anyone, but... No. Yeah. You're, yeah. you're the you're the gentle giant type, which is always kind and respectful. Motherfucker. And, yeah. <laughs> That's a cool thing, and to tie back into the past few episodes when we were doing Wu Da segments, Bruce here. If you guys are still unclear as to what Wu Da is, we told you what it wasn't on a few episodes. Yeah, Bruce here is an example of what Wu Da perhaps is. Bruce does pretty great on 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 that whole realm. Mm-hmm. 
And I don't think he would keep getting invited into these places he does if if he couldn't Didn't. pull that off. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you got to definitely... Sometimes you just have to bite your tongue, you know? Yeah. <laughs> hey, it's hard not to be an asshole, but we all have to try. Sometimes and, you well, Maybe I'm just speaking for myself. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's in my nature it's, to ask why and how. You know, it, my mother regretfully to her taught me to ask why and how mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know and my so, mom regrets teaching me the exact same thing yeah so it's <laughs> yeah you know, with everything i do you know like you know with my sound engineering or whatever i want to know everything about everything you know with martial arts i want to know everything about it you know or what i'm doing you know so huh. all right well we're gonna take a quick break here because the champagne lounge is calling but we'll be back with uh news and uh, a little more conversation with good old Bruce. They call him Bruce. They call him Bruce. <laughs> well, you wonder why I always dress in black. Why you never see bright colors on my back. And why does my appearance seem to have a somber tone? Well, there's a reason for the things that I have on. I wear the black for the poor and the beaten down. Living in the hopeless, hungry side of town. I wear it for the prisoner who has long paid for his crime, but is there because he's a victim of the time. I wear the black for those who've never read. Christmas time? Jesus said. <laughs> Christmas. Hey, we're back from the Champagne Lounge, and it's time for News, News, News with Craig Keesling, coming to you live from here. Deepity-deep-deep-dee-dee, Scotto. Yes, we're reporting the news to you today from within Scotto's beautiful little artistic laboratory here. Thank you. It's, it's good to have you. Much. Glad to have you all here, Bruce. You as well, especially. Good to be here. These other punks I it's got good here to be had. frequently enough. <laughs> all right, so I thought I'd start this up with a slight update. Some of you may remember uh, last week, like last episode, I think it was, uh, or maybe the one before that. I'm not sure. Uh, I think it was. I can't say now either. Oh dear. I think well, it was 17. It was 17. All right. Well, so 17 will will do just fine. Anyway, I, I reported about a story about a fellow um, who's getting ready to go to court and awaiting charges and all this good stuff from a story that went down somewhat like this. Guys got a little bit wasted and then uh, proceeded to drink some tea that held some, uh, you know, uh, some mushrooms, um, hallucinogenic items, if you would, and decided to practice their sparring and their ground game and all this good stuff while they were at tippy-top hop high. And in so doing, uh, one fellow lost the game, the battle between God and Satan that they saw. And he lost a lot, you know. He, uh, he, got, his, he got his tongue ripped out, his face uh, skin removed, and his heart ripped out. Um, so the guy's still alive that did it? Yes. Is he in custody or what? Yes, 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 he did. So what happened was um, they they caught him quite a while back uh, at the beginning of the year, and he was basically entering two pleas. 
uh, guilty and guilty by reason of insanity. And uh, back in May, believe it or not, they finally ruled that he was cool enough, competent enough to actually handle trial and all this kind of stuff. So that negated some of the plea bargaining he was doing there. Um, and just recently, this past week, uh, finally he went on the official trial and has been sentenced with 47 years in prison. So that's what you get, folks. No more ripping out the hearts, tongues, faces, and stuff like that. I'm surprised they didn't give him life because at 40-something years, he, maybe they thought the drugs were a mitigating factor in that. Bada bing. Yeah. <clears throat> He, he could be out for parole in 10, you know, with a sentence like that. So is, is he out so. yet? Is I'm he out sure yet? That. No, he just got sentenced. <laughs> Why, you want to take him on, Bruce? No. <laughs> you can't I am your God. <laughs> Do some DMT and yeah. wrestle. <laughs> That's the uh, next episode of High Up Podcast, big episode 20. We're all going to do ketamine and bath salts, and we're going to have it out. <laughs> Sounds fun yeah. and dangerous. Can you really blame mushrooms for that kind of thing? Doesn't this kind of go into the, the people? Well, that's kind of uh, what I was it's, saying it's last little, time. Yeah, it's a mushrooms. It was a dick before. Psycho, yeah, I, aren't psychoactive drugs sort of, I mean, they you have to be in a good environment to... Use those kind of things properly. If you want to play, you got to have your buddies around and softing and all that kind Safe. of stuff. Yeah. I, you nice. know, you don't have to have buddies around. It's it's just... Well, it, but it, you have to be in a good, pleasant environment, A good though, environment is yeah. a good thing. Any hallucinogen like that can trigger psychotic episodes. It, it definitely depends on the individual. Now, mushrooms are not the kind of thing most people think of as making you violent because most people... You just don't hear about that, is my sit point. Sit cross-legged really on the ground and feel the earth breathe. Yeah. Right. So. It's... it's <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm with you there. So that's that for the update. Um, moving on to another story. We're all familiar with our Kung Fu trio, or Kung Fu movie trio, of fellows uh, you know, from Hong Kong cinema like Sammo Hong, uh, Yun Biao, and then who else is it? Jackie Chan. <laughs> that's right. Who were all kind of part of the trio who started their Kung Fu training, if you will, uh, by being in Beijing Opera, Peking Opera training, uh, and then went on to become stuntmen for various high-profile actors, uh, Bruce Lee being one, you know, and uh, then went on to make their own movies and so on and so forth. Um, <clears throat> one name you may not be familiar with, however, has been a part of your Kung Fu Black Belt Theater for many years. Uh, he's recently passed away. Actor Austin Y. Born in 1957, just recently passed away. He's a Hong Kong-based martial artist, and uh, he he died at the age of 55 in his home in Beijing. He also started the same way that these other fellows did. Um, He was born on August 13th in Shandong, and at a young age, he was sent to learn Peking Opera under this Fan Fok Fa, or Fan Juhua was her name, one of the original divas of the martial arts film genre. In 72, at the age of 15, Wai made his film debut as a small role as the young version of Chin Yin's character in The Thunderbolt Fist. Since then, Austin has made a name as a stuntman primarily for the Shaw Brothers, we all know them. Yet he can also be seen in several Golden Harvest films, such as Shaolin Plot, back in 77, The Iron-Fisted Monk, again in 77. In 78, Y went on from small roles to big roles when he played the character of Cao Gaoxing in Avenging Eagle for Shaw Brothers in 78. I can uh, personally relate to this. I had a poster of this very movie uh, in my dorm room in college. 
Um, so I know who this cat is. Anyway, with this movie, gained a huge following with fans for his role and um, went on to have quite a filmography. I, there's no way in hell I can list all these movies out because it's it's over many. Um, but the poor cat has recently <laughs> what's passed over, away. What's more than many? Like uh, above 50. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he was really good. But aside from films, I mean, Austin was an accomplished television actor for the Shaw Brothers' own TVB company in the 80s. And after 1988's Bing Yin, Y left the Shaw Brothers on a permanent basis and focused on other films and businesses. Though he slowed down a bit uh, during the new millennium, he did appear in uh, movies called SPL Flashpoint, Dave. Back in 2007, yeah, yeah, yeah. he played opposite Donnie Yen. His final film performance was as Lam Kao in Kung Fu Wing Chun, uh, released back in 2010, starring the late Bai Jing. So anyway, this cat is uh, not somebody that everybody is really familiar with his name, but uh, you know, I'll see what I can do about putting up an image maybe in the show notes so we can... Uh, yeah, you know. I think I need to see his face to know exactly who you're talking exactly. about. I'm sure that I've seen him many times because I've watched movies, I, I guess from starting in like 1977, probably through the mid-80s every Friday or Saturday night, it seemed like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, Bruce, you mentioned earlier on in, this, uh, in, in the evening that that influence that... Uh, that first martial art movie, yeah, or those yeah. first ones, Kung Fu the first Kung yeah. Fu stuff that you saw. I was just wondering what, what if you can recall the first one that you can literally remember it going. I remember, oh my god, that's yeah. I remember there was white eyebrow, and go, he was man. doing Bang. Tai Chi. Yeah. Nice, <laughs> and that like literally that was the first time I heard it. That was what why I got so stuck on learning Tai Chi Chuan, yeah. probably. Yeah. yeah, now that I think about it, but um, yeah, yeah, it was it was a white eyebrow guy. And Sweet. he had a big, long beard, and he was going really slow, and then snapping, and then doing flips and kill wheel right around the horn. Great. Do you guys remember yours, the first one? Man, you know, I think the thing that I remember first about Black Belt Theater, Kung Fu Theater, whatever it was, I think it was Black it was Belt both Theater. Dependent, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> but it was always I mean, Kung Fu ones. movies. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it was. Uh, Watching this horrible one where, but it just struck me. And I was like 11 years old. I'm like, oh my God, this is so cool. This guy, I don't remember what the movie was, but this guy took his cue, his ponytail, and whipped the tar out of another guy in a gorilla suit. (laughs) 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 And I just, oh my. That's good TV, right? That blew my little 11-year-old mind, you know? Well, help me remember the name of this one. I think it was the... Was it the Five Deadly Venoms? There you yeah, go. Yeah, is, that, uh, is that it? Because five that's Finger the Death one. Bunch, you mean? Yeah, oh my yeah. God. <laughs> that was, that's bunch. the one that got me. I was I was visiting Memphis, Tennessee at the time and, and uh, saw it late, late, late one night. Yeah, probably you had like the 10 scorpion o'clock or whatever, and the snake still... and the toad. And <laughs> yeah, the, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It got me. I remember seeing a lot of these movies, and a lot of them struck me as pretty cool. But oddly enough, um, I thought they were kind of silly back then. Until now, until on this on the station I was watching these shows on, I realized nestled in between or, or nestled behind in front a good kung fu movie was our good friend Elvira. Oh yeah, Mistress of the Dark. The way he was saying Sha- nestled over and over, I knew he was talking about boobies. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Sha Wing, my friends. 
Yeah, yeah. When once once Elvira brought me into the dark, I stayed there. You know, otherwise known as martial arts. <laughs> So it was Elvira's cleavage that got you into Kung Fu. That makes perfect sense, Craig. Well, dude, think about it. You get bounced around from something, you know. I'd rather be bounced around in there. Augusta, Maine, Wade Hoover, age 34, is facing some certain charges. Hoover's a staff member at the National Alliance on Mental Illness and also owns Kosho Warriors Martial Arts Studio and United Martial Arts Academy both in Lewiston, Maine. Hoover was recently taken into custody, recently as this past Wednesday morning, at his National Alliance on Mental Illness office in Augusta. To set it up, what is he guilty of? I don't know. <laughs> Let's see. Children as young as three years old have been his students. Oh, God. Here we go. Yes. This martial arts instructor from Augusta, Maine, was arrested Wednesday after multiple child pornography images were found on his computer. Unfortunately, after receiving a tip, members of the State Police Computer Crimes Unit and the Federal Immigration and Customs Enforcement Agency went to Hoover's office, found he was using a PC, or actually, literally, a personal computer, to distribute child porn images Via the company's internet service. Well, of course he would, but still. Come on. He was arrested and taken into Connecticut County Jail. Uh, we're still awaiting the final word on that. But, dude. So he was producing the child pornography? He was distributing. Oh, okay. okay. To who? Uh, other pederasts? Gee, I don't know. <laughs> People who like this shit. The rest of the people that need to be up on this uh, taken into charges list. Uh, the better so yeah, we get know, all... it does beg the question: if it's going on via the internet, and that's what you were saying, right? Mm-hmm. Are there sites for this? Can't you just do in and grab a the sites? And, and that's the worst part. There's go there a and nab all of these idiots that are doing this stuff. Well, they they have to, a lot of these places are password protected or whatever, so you kind of yeah. have to get referred into them. They have to infiltrate them and track people down. Aside from that, look at your average spam email. Open up your spam email folder, throw it into spamcop.net, and it will show you where these messages are really coming from. And you can then, you know, send the, send the people a message, whatever. But you ought to look. I mean, some of these, you know, shady websites, shady emails, all that, they bounce IP addresses like 30,000 times, and somehow they hack into computers, use their server resources, all kinds of shit's sure. going on. It's, it's much more complicated just to than just you know send him an email and say please stop or I'll take you to jail. It's it's no. And not to mention that the internet is just far too massive. The amount of content Indeed. out there for Indeed. anybody to be policing it that close. I did oversimplify it a, a bit, I guess, but still, it, it just it it's amazing that it's out there. It's just uh, you know the, what pisses me off is that there's a demand for it. Right. I mean, the guys wouldn't be doing this unless they're making cash at it, and the fact that people are willing to pay for this stuff. It's like, no, I, I'd, I'd really rather meet you personally. I don't care if I'll die in my encounter with you. That's like one of those woo-da things. I will get my fucking licks in and hurt you. I mean, that's just horrible. <laughs> Craig's over there having revenge fantasies. <laughs> As is every day of my life. Yeah, well, you know, when we've got kids, we take this shit seriously. We do, we do. Even when you don't have kids, yeah. indeed. Yeah, but you know what? It's uh, it's not particular to martial artists, but 
I think we're seeing just the the number of these stories we come across. We leave most of them alone. Mm-hmm. Uh, it says that there's probably something about martial arts that may attract this kind of person. So again, I'm just going to reiterate a point I make almost every week now, right. which is uh, martial Parents. arts classes are not daycare. You need to be active and involved and know what your kids are being taught if you've got them in a children's martial arts class. And that teacher should think you could walk in the door at any minute because oh, yeah. you do. Mm-hmm. You know? And if you see the first sign of trouble, go somewhere else. There's a million of them. You're bound to find a good one if you keep looking. But if well, you think you might have a bad one, get out of there. And think of this particular scenario. Um, you know, he wasn't, there was no mention of his actual students being in any of the media or anything like this. However, the guy's obviously got some sort of, you know, he's got some issues going on. I can almost 80% guarantee that if you were to go there as a parent, really detailed watch, when the application's going on, maybe Pat's little Susie's bottom as he's he's showing her a throw a little too many times or in in the wrong way. I mean, there should be some sort of telltale time. Well, the, the shame about this is it just makes it harder for everybody else to teach martial arts, too, because martial arts is a thing where you have to touch people to teach them. Exactly. You know, and a lot of the stories we hear about abuse, whether it's on adults or children, is people who are taking advantage of that requirement of the thing and going too far, doing weird things to exactly. people. But, you know, so now every legitimate martial artist is afraid to touch people. How are you going to carry on a martial arts tradition if you can't, you know... <laughs> you got to scuffle right. with people. You got to swap paint to understand what's going on. Put yeah, your pajamas on and roll cut. around on the floor. <laughs> That's right. You snuggle, guys, snuggle, punch, punch. <laughs> cut this shit out. You're making it bad for all the rest of right. us. Right. And now we all have to worry about, you know, all somebody has to do is point at you and scream, you know. Yeah. He touched me wrong, and suddenly you're down at the courthouse yourself. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. So knock it off, pederasts. Pederast. I haven't heard this word, but I like it. It's, it's, it sounds better than a pedophile. It's, it's, <laughs> it does. It does. It really does. Yeah. Moving on. Here we are recording in Atlanta, Georgia, folks. Yay! The main university in town is Georgia Tech. Atlanta Falcons. UGA. That's right. Let's go Georgia Bulldogs. All right. We don't have a hockey fans. team anymore, do we? I think we tried to create one. We did, and then I went, well, to, I went to a few games. I heard that last season would be the last, though. Is that oh, really? incorrect yeah, or the, no? The, the Thrashers are no more. The Thrashers are no really? more. Really? Why? That's just sad. not enough public interest? Not man, any number of things. I was building up my interest for many years, and then now I, I, I actually can't went to see a game. I had inaugural season tickets, and it was uh, it, it was. But even then, you guys, I got roped into going to one or two of those because you didn't have people, enough people wanted to go to use the tickets. No, it was because we bought season tickets, and we had four guys splitting them, and there's a game every other night when you (laughs) you get these things. And after a minute, man, you can only eat so many hot dogs and drink so much beer in a really short amount of time. It was wearing me out, and you know me, I like to drink. Yeah. So it's... you guys would take the opera glasses and, and look at hot chicks in the crowd. We did a little Hello. of that, too. We did a little of that, too. But the cool thing about that arena is that there, there really wasn't a bad seat out there. So it, it was a cool experience. I was sad to see it go. I'm sad to hear it. I didn't even know about it. Yeah. So we're getting back on the trap. Yeah. <laughs> I repeat, UGA is the only game in town, right? Anyway, Georgia Bulldogs from University of Georgia. I went to school there. Several people did. I think one or two. My wife went there, too. Anyway, yeah. Georgia Bulldogs, great football team, college 
team on their off season. Hello, Magnificent Jay. Here's your call out. This is a story, Magnificent Jay, our old indebted uh, producer and crazy man, uh, pointed this story out to me, but I'm glad for it. Our Georgia Bulldogs football team, in their offseason, believe it or not, recently started training in MMA. And they're finding some pretty great results from it. A lot of different people um, have, have gone through the system. Um, and what they're finding is that they're, they're customizing it, obviously, um, for football, for the team, and all this good stuff. Uh, assistant strength and conditioning coach... Justin Lovett is the one who kind of spearheaded this whole thing. He did this before with the Denver Broncos, believe it or not. Fine-tuned his system while he's working with them and then brought it to the Georgia Bulldogs. And, you know, he's the first to point out that MMA is not for everybody, especially if you're a, uh, you know, a professional athlete and that type of thing. But for the, the folks that do pick up with it and, and enjoy what they're getting out of it, he's seeing some amazing um, you know, enhancements, both to speed conditioning, to positioning, uh, to being able to take sacks and, and roll off and, and, and move in the proper direction, uh, all this kind of thing. And it's interesting to me. I, I, I love this story, to be honest with you, because I've always been one of those who, who has said simply because I'm a Chinese practitioner, I say Kung Fu is everything, you know, and, and I say that now, though, with martial arts. Because what you're seeing here is that you get correct body knowledge, um, spatial knowledge, positioning, timing, all this that's essential for self-defense or martial arts or what have you, is also key ingredients to great teamwork and great play in professional sports. And these cats are starting to learn that and isolate those almost in-game movements by sparring, if you would. I think it, I think it's a pretty outstanding thing that's happening here. Even though I'm not an MMA guy, what do you guys think? I, I think martial arts can definitely help professional athletes in their performance. As a matter of fact, um, my Tai Chi Chuan teacher Gary Grooms, one of his senior students, Mike Reed, played on the Atlanta Falcons for seven seasons or something of that nature. And um, go Falcons! Yeah, go Falcons! <laughs> Dirty bite. And you know, he he said it. The Mike, that is, said that training martial arts caused him to be able to play another couple of seasons and to remain competitive. It gave him an edge over the other players. So he had the same physical conditioning that they did, the same football training they did, the you know, same general background, and that, that helped him get a couple extra years, he thinks. Yeah. yeah, I'd like to see some research done on this now that there's enough people doing it and to see what the effects actually are where you can quantify them. Um, like, I always wanted to take your ultimate Frisbee guys because they're always, you know, they do a lot of cutting and stuff that's hard on the knees and ankles. Get them in that horse stance. Run them through a basic What's like, cutting? What's cutting in, in a Frisbee? Uh, it make it just cut just sudden like it is in any sport. A sudden change of direction. Oh, okay. You know, yeah. just planting your planting your cleat and going a different direction. Right, angular distance puts a lot of stress on the yeah. on the joints. And I uh, always wanted to get them doing like you know just at every practice fifteen minutes of you know, more or less isometric like stance training. Mm-hmm. Well, I did it. I mean, uh, that was because I started training with Craig. <clears throat> Excuse me. Around the same time, around the middle of that chunk of years that I was playing, and and it, I. Uh, I literally jumped up a great huge notch just from from a couple of things. It it, it wasn't just the 
some of the core strengthening and the 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 knee strengthening that the horse stance you know helps with it was uh as much confidence and uh i don't know it 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 was it was very all around you know there was there were physical uh um you know definite definite improvements in physical stuff and but you know one of the other things that that i wanted to mention is from a football standpoint which is where this Mm -hmm. this kind of began uh, Bruce mentioned the conditioning aspect of it, which is which is awesome. But I think specifically here, you know, and I'd seen this stuff with with the Broncos and everything else. I knew there was somebody out there doing that, but I right. I, I couldn't recall who it was. Didn't do much research into it. But the um, uh, you, men- you mentioned it being you know defense uh, uh, self defense, and you can apply that stuff in football defense too, because yeah. you know where you put your hands on on the other player's body is the difference between a fair play and and a, <laughs> a flag being thrown. Exactly. So, um, being able to handle somebody, move somebody around, and defend these martial things absolutely. Football's a one of, if not the most contact-heavy sports. Besides, maybe know. from rugby, but well, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't right. want to go into the de- the detail of all that. All their, all those sports are, are great, and I'm not going to say one's better than the other. But specifically, football. This, this is cool stuff. I'd agree, and and it can even work in self-offense as well. Um, you know, we always talk about self-defense, but in sportive environments, you're talking about self-defense at the same time. You know, you still want to win that motherfucking game. And well, I know back at the trailer park when I was playing dodge cinder block with the other kids, <laughs> I probably could have really used some, some martial arts training back then. <laughs> no, but I'll tell you something. This, um, this is something that I'm, I'm loving to hear, and it's something that I wanted to look into uh, personally from my northern Shaolin branch, but also from other branches of Shaolin-derived uh, arts that I don't do, you know. Um, we have this thing of protecting the gate of the temple, where it's a team-oriented, quote-unquote, sport, but it's not a sport in the historical context. It's about not letting fuckers into the temple, and it's what you would normally consider, you know, blocking this gate with this arm and moving to this side, inside and outside. In this situation, it's about... Instead of your right hand, your right man, the guy on the right, in playing team versus play- team, so to speak. And so you're seeing that same kind of um, strategy and mechanics happen, you know, also in team-oriented sports. And I, so I was interested in, in seeing, um, you know, that correlation, but I'm seeing it here with this MMA, and that's a great first start. Yeah. Well, what else you got for us there in the news bag, Craig? Well, I hate to deviate so far from football but we're going to shoot right into the nfl (laughs) could we talk about football (laughs) ah your third wish is thus granted herschel walker anybody remember him more georgia more georgia football more georgia football herschel walker former nfl running back graduate of and football star for uga again led the georgia bulldogs football team to a national championship in 1980 and he won the 82 heisman trophy he finishes college career with 5,097 yards and a 32-2 record. Walker played in 12 professional seasons in the NFL with four different teams. He's the ninth all-time in all-purpose yards and 36 all-time in career rushing yards. What's the point about him on a martial arts podcast? He recently shared his personal battle with disassociative identity disorder during Fort Belvoir's Suicide Prevention Stand-Down Day, September 27th. Walker, believe it or not, suffered from multiple personality illness disorders. 
um, stemming from his childhood, going all the way through his football career and all this kind of stuff. Believe it or not, uh, born out of the whole bully persona and having to create personas, act, if you will, as though I'm the guy who is not afraid. And this went on to a lot of different scenarios, you know, when he was getting um, pulled and called and, and, and uh, tested by people who want to say, come play for my team, I'll give you this car, and you know, yeah, how to deal with these scenarios. So anyway, Walter shared his story with service members at more than 60 military installations across the, across the U.S. in his, in his uh, kind of career doing this stuff. Interestingly enough, he's also taught mixed martial arts fighting techniques to soldiers in various installations and at combative training centers. He's emphasized hard work, confident thinking, um, almost to the point of having faith uh, and fun as keys to success both in team sports, life, and in the military. He used several analogies to kind of, uh, in stories, you know, to, to, to help explain his thing. One analogy he used that I kind of like, which is interesting, um, it basically involves a person attempting to scare off a vampire with holy water and a cross. The vampire tells the person, the tools won't work without Dave because Jones. I'm a hopping vampire. That's right. <laughs> You cannot sweep my wig. I, I jump over you. <laughs> Uncooked rice is what you need for those. <laughs> That's right. No, actually, what he says is without faith. And what he means here is not so much a religious faith, like you're probably used to hearing in, you know, the term being used. But that's the way things are in our life, is the way he explains it. It's not going to work unless you have faith. You've got to believe that you can overcome the problem before you do so. He said faith and positive thinking has helped him overcome his DID, uh, dissociative uh, personality disorder and whatnot. And he urged the audience members to use these tools during bad situations and ask for help when necessary. It put it all in context why he was asked to do all this. In 2012, this year only, there have been 89 potential active duty suicides with 48 confirmed and 41 under investigation. According, you know, to the Department of Defense news release. Yeah, those suicide rates are very high. In the military exactly. Right now. Uh, the same release confirmed about 165 total active duty suicides since 2011. Suicide's a real issue for the Army. Whether you have a uniform on or you don't, we've got to do a better job of taking care of each other. We have to display the courage to get help or the courage to get somebody help. Um, so this is an interesting story for me. Obviously, homegrown, you know, we got the football thing. We got a cat who had some serious mess-ups, yet was able to lead a very successful life in his career, in his family, in money, and all that good stuff, but knew he was growing a little bit out of control and, you know, obviously felt uh, a little bit awkward about sharing about it until he met the right, you know, people and everything else. Um, it's just a really, a really good story about you know overcoming hardships both inside yourself and then taking that that knowledge and then going out and and just busting a nut with it i mean the guy's doing the mma he's teaching the mma to the military he's teaching mma to you know fellow uh football stars it's a great thing what do you guys what's your take on this well for one thing i i think the, the issue of suicide in the military is a much bigger issue than 
just people not having enough faith in themselves or something like that. There's a lot of a lot of heavy stuff at work there, and I don't know if it's even something we need to go that far into on on this kind of podcast. But any kind of outreach is good, and any kind of awareness raising is good. So you know, on that level, I think what he's doing is a good thing. Uh, you got to try whatever you can to help. Yeah, people. not just getting the word out to the public, but also destigmatizing it uh, further in the military because you know part of the problem with this is the attitudes that some soldiers and some of their superiors have about showing any signs of weakness or yeah you're weak get the fuck out right do what you want to do right right well they won't send you home if they need you <laughs> no they'll wait and watch while you do it yourself yeah, yeah. that's nice yep i don't know that's all i got to say about it you leaned up and now you lean back. <laughs> yeah, you covered a few of the things that I was going to mention. I, I, I don't really know. Uh, Herschel Walker is an incredible football player, and Indeed. I don't um, had no idea actually that he had any any MMA stuff going on. I th- I believe that would be more recent. Um, if if uh, yeah, and I, and I don't know the extent of it. So, but I, I do I do recall a, a couple of years ago at least when he. Uh, you know, came and talked to the you know talked to the media about his uh, the the disorder and the and the, the problems that he had had, so, uh, which I, I guess most people weren't aware of. Mm-hmm. You know when it was going on either. So um, you know, gotta respect the guy though. He's he's giving back. He's doing some cool, definitely doing some cool stuff. So I'm Especially just, you know, with I had to kick the guy some props. It, you know, again, and not, I'm, I don't want to judge him on his martial arts abilities. I know this is a martial arts show, but I think. Who knows? He may be a badass. I mean, he was a badass on the field. He clearly had an incredible physical presence. I'm sure he's fully capable of being a bad motherfucker at that, too. So, But think about that. He's such a prolific character, especially when he was on the team and playing. I mean, everybody knew who Herschel was. That's true. And I'm a Tennessee fan. I was was in Tennessee at the time, and, and... Everybody, I was just a kid. Everybody mm-hmm. knew who Herschel Walker was, and and that's the thing. It, to be such a prolific character and and to be so famous, if you would, and to keep this kind of shit under your under the wraps because you know everything would, or at least your fears that everything would go away if anybody yeah, knew how about can you, this. Stuff. How can you put that up on the line? How can yeah. You, uh, how do you do that? That's yeah. that's some strength and also some serious battles, man. That's some that's some martial arts right there for you. It's just not indeed with the arms and legs, so to speak. With the ears and the nose. <laughs> That's the best kind of my eyes. <laughs> All right, news fans, let's close it up with a good one. What do you say? Okay. What do you got? <clears throat> All right. Islamabad. Where's that? Fuck if I know. I think it's north of Alpharetta, but, you know. <laughs> north of Big Chicken. You were just overseas uh, in that region recently, weren't you, Bruce? I was. I was in Kuwait um, helping... Five Finger Death Punch entertain the troops that are stationed over there at a few bases like Camp Arifjan and Camp Buring and one other whose name escapes me. Sorry. Wow. Nice. All right. Awesome. Yeah. Damn. Mr. Exotic Life over there. <laughs> <laughs> Big shout out to those guys. Yeah. yeah. Thanks as well. Indeed. Definitely. Indeed. They all work really hard and they're away from their friends and families and sitting in the middle of sand. I feel right damn sorry for them, actually. Yeah. Me too. That's right. Good people, though. Yep. Anyway, interestingly enough, the Brazilian embassy in Islamabad is offering free capoeira classes to all interested. Come now, while it's hot. 
Classes will start October 2nd and take place on Tuesdays and Thursdays from 5 to 7 p.m. for adults and on Sundays for children from 4 to 6 p.m. All at the Embassy of Brazil, F83 Street 72, House 1. Get it while it's good. Sounds dangerous. You know, I was sure you were going to say jujitsu. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it was capoeira. <laughs> capoeira and Islamabad. What else? I mean, you have to yeah. think about it. You know? It just, uh, it's weird. Yeah. And that's my news, folks. Well, speaking of capoeira, you guys, I, I, do you got, uh, you should, have, have you done anything like that on any of these shows yet? I don't. Think so. Yeah, our friends don't listen to the I've show. I've noticed oh, this. Come on, I've come noticed on. this. You're gonna go there. Yeah, three shows ago. Yeah, we got it. We had a well, couple. I definitely. Guy. I did not hear that. Yeah. And, we'll, and my, my, I think they're capoeiristas. 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 Yeah. Well, my apologies the to you guys. and to them for not having uh, having no worries. absorbed that if information. If I had a pop already. filter, I'd be hiding behind it. Only Dave knows what that means. A what filter? <laughs> Greg likes to peek at people over oh. a pop filter. <laughs> pop filter. The, the, pop tell people. Filter, people yeah. tell tell them, tell them what it is. Yeah. I didn't know before you said it. It's, oh. a, it's a big circle with black pantyhose on it that you put in front of your <laughs> microphone so your plosives don't go. And it could be one. You you, to the you will have heard plenty of those terrible noises in this show because so, we don't have a pop filter on one of the microphones. And <laughs> the bad part is Craig would have been scaring me by peeping over the pop filter. Yeah, <laughs> indeed. That's, Doing some pop I see. peeping. I'm with you now. It took me a minute to catch back up, but here pop I am. Pop peeping. Folks. We've coined it. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God! You heard it first here. TM pop peeping. TM. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I so even, I don't even think you have to bracket it with the TMs. I think one's fine. <laughs> I think you're right. So anyway, that uh, yeah, we, we, we did a little uh, discussion on capoeira. We had a capoeirista out, and uh, he was discussing, telling us all about the difference between uh, Angola style and Haitian style and how the difference came about. And uh, kudos to him, just to zero, because I was playing uh, pop peep at him while we were video recording the <laughs> entire was, episode. He was pop filter peeping him. Right yeah, now. you know, I keep having Steve Kepfer on, and he's like, I'm not coming back unless you put Craig on, too. <laughs> you don't know what you're in for, brother. <laughs> you may change your tune once I get Craig up in your grill. True indeed, true indeed. <laughs> and make no mistake, he's right here in my grill, folks. You, yep. you, you, <laughs> I, bet you're wi- I bet you're wishing you to close that bathroom door right now, aren't you? <laughs> well, shit, this has been a fun one, guys. It's been good to all get together here in yeah, person. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Great having you out, Bruce, and uh, thanks for telling all the stories. And if you're out there and you see Bruce on his travels, talk to him, come up and say hi. He's a really nice guy. And some of the stories you can get out of him off mic are even even more Better. entertaining than the ones you get on. <laughs> Indeed. He's a big guy, but he's he's a sweetheart. He's a good guy. You know, you guys reach out and make friends to him if you run into him. No, he pushed my grandmother down the stairs. Yeah. She got in my way. Well, there you have it. That's what I told her, too. I said, Mamma? <laughs> Don't you get in that fellow's way. <laughs> Told her once. Yeah. It was the second or third time. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right, folks. Well, on the count of three, we're going to say... See ya! See ya. <laughs>